it practically in their lives, God. We thank you and we praise you. It is in the mighty and the master's name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and thank God. Once again, it's good to be here this morning. We thank and praise God for his presence. We thank him for you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not going to belabor the moment any longer. We're going to ask if you have your Bibles, you'll turn to the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter. We're going to look at a familiar passage of Scripture. Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter, beginning at verse number 38. And we'll read down through verse 42. If you have it, say amen. amen. Luke, the 10th chapter, beginning at verse number 38, said, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and trouble about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. We have been dealing with making good decisions, wise choices. And we as kingdom citizens need to know how to make good decisions. And so I've chosen from this text here, this familiar text, to title this message, Choosing the Good Part. Choosing the Good Part. All of us are confronted with choices every day. In this text, we see that we have two sisters, Martha, who is believed to be the eldest of the, the two sisters, and Mary. Martha and Mary also had a brother named Lazarus. I'm pretty sure you've heard of him. For it was Lazarus that Jesus had rose from the dead, called his name, and he stepped out and rose from the dead. Perhaps one of the greatest miracles that Jesus had performed. And so Martha and Mary and Lazarus are good friends of Jesus. And here in this text, we see that Jesus has come to Bethany because that's where they lived at. And he's come to the house of Martha. And we know that it's Martha's house because the text says that it's her house. And if Martha has a house, that means that she must have been some type of woman of some stature. 
Because what we don't read here is that she has a husband. But yet she has a house. And it's a big enough house that she can take in visitors. Because she be, bids Jesus to come and to stay with her. And my, my, my question to you is that, that, that if you invited Jesus to your house, what type of preparation would you have to make? Are, are, are there some rooms that you would keep closed so that Jesus would not see it? What, 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 what kind of meal would you feed Jesus? I mean, would you, would you put on airs and, and try to pretend that you're more than what you really are before Jesus? You see, understand that when Jesus comes into your house, he wants you just like you are. He does not want us to put on pretenses. He does not really want us doing anything that we wouldn't ordinarily do. In other words, you ought to be living your life in an acceptable manner just in case Jesus did show up. You, 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 you know how it is. You, you know, mama said, you know, you need, you need to keep the bathroom clean, the kitchen clean, in case company come over. Because I would hate for them to come and use a bathroom that was unkept. And so we'd always live our lives as though Jesus was coming by for dinner. And here we see, he's, we, we see Martha the text says that she receives him and she bids him to come and to stay with her. Now, Jesus, I, I don't know how long you're going to be here, but I want you to come and stay with us. And that ought to have been a clue right there for her, that Jesus came and he, he, he stayed at her house. It's always good to have good hospitality. Always good to be hospitable when you're accepting guests into your house. It's always good to have a nice, clean place for them to reside in, to live in. And I don't know about you, but when, when we used to go south for, the, for, you know, for, for visits when I was a kid, we didn't stay in a hotel room. They broke out the cots and the paddlers on the floor and everything, and usually if you came in in the middle of the night, there was usually something there for you to eat. Because people knew how to have good hospitality. They knew how to welcome a guest. They knew how to treat a guest in their household. The reality of it is, is that that's what just came natural for them at that time. Well, sadly to say, that ain't the case anymore. You let folk know you're coming in town, they, they, they'll give you a hotel to go stay at. You, you, you can stay at the hotel. <laughs> it can be in the next city. You come to visit them, they want you to bring something to eat. People are not hospitable anymore. But the Bible tells us that we are to have some hospitable behaviors about ourselves. Why? Because hospitality is a beautiful virtue of God. It, it's something that we get from the Lord. 
And by embracing hospitality with our hearts, we show forth the love of Christ. Because Christ desires that we live in harmony with him. And so he's been hospitable to us in this earth. It is God, the goodness of God. It is God that provides everything that we have, everything that we need. And we are to be mimickers of Christ. The same hospitality that God shows us, we're supposed to extend it to others as well. So them inviting Jesus to come stay with them. And not only that, but making provisions for him is a good thing. Listen here, usually when people read this text, they look at it as works versus worship. And it's that you have either one or the other. But understand this, that all of us need to have a little Martha in us. All of us need to be willing to extend ourselves and be hospitable to others. All of us need to extend ourselves and bless other people as we go through this journey called life. None of us live in this place by ourselves. And it's a sin and a shame if we can't be hospitable one to another. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Hebrew that we're to show hospitality even to strangers. Because in doing so, we entertain angels unaware. And some of us have turned some angels away because we don't want to be hospitable to nobody. We don't want to bless anybody. All of us need to have a little Martha in us. Because faith without works is dead. And this is, this is, not, this is not a thing where, where, where our worship cancels out our work. No, they work hand in hand. As a matter of fact, the reason why you work is because you've already worshipped. Here's the problem with Martha. Is that she'd become troubled by the work that she was doing. Look at Martha. She, Martha is what's known as a doer. She sees the assignment and she immediately puts a plan into action. She's a practical woman. She knows what it takes. And she does what it takes to be a blessing to people around her. She understands what it means to serve. The Bible tells her that, that, that all of us, if you want to be great in the kingdom, you need to know how to serve folk. There's nothing wrong with Martha in that regard. But there is a problem with Martha. And it begins to manifest herself. And I guess I had some words for Martha at this point before she opens her mouth. It's to not get weary in well-doing. For in due season you'll reap if you faint not. Keep on doing what you're doing, Martha. But Martha begins to look at what somebody else ain't doing. In other words, Martha stops doing what is good. She stopped doing the right things, looking at other folk. And don't we do the same thing? A lot of times we are good until we see what someone else has. Sometimes we're good at what we're doing until we see and look at what somebody else is not doing. 
One, one of the biggest problems that I had when I, when I was in the plant was people would be walking around and they, they, they'd be doing a job and then they'll see a job that somebody has that's easier than their job. Then they start complaining about the job they own. Because you don't want anybody to have it more easier than you. If I'm laboring in the kitchen, Jesus, I done picked all these greens. Got the neck bones on. I'm baking in the, in, in the oven. I got a cake baking in the oven. And God, you see my sister just sitting there doing nothing. Man, we, we, we get there. We, we, we're not satisfied with the work that we're doing. Because we're too busy looking at other folk. Look at what other people are doing or not doing. And understand, it happens in the church as well. There are many of us that are in the church that are working, that are doing what God has told us to do. And then we'll stop because of what somebody else is not doing. There are folk that got out the choir because they couldn't lead a song like somebody else. There are those who are ushering on the door that stop ushering because they can't be the lead usher. There are some deacons that have stopped doing what they're doing because they couldn't close the song out in devotion. You just keep doing what God told you to do. Keep working with the thing that which God has given you. Don't, don't, don't be worried about what somebody else is doing or not doing. Because guess what? They ain't got no heaven, no hell, or no reward for you when you get to heaven. The scripture says that we're to do everything that we do as unto the glory of God. So even if nobody else recognizes you for what you're doing, know that God sees it. And it is God the one that's going to reward you for what you're doing. What's, what's the issue with being a behind-the-scenes worker? So what? Because they don't call your name. So what? Because you don't get to stand in front of the church and do what you do. I'm not working for y'all, amen, anyway. I'm working for a well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what I'm working for. So whatever God gives me to do, I'm going to do it to the best of what he's given me, the ability that he gives me to give. Not so much concerned about what you're doing. But understand this, that God is concerned about what you're doing. God is concerned about how you're working in his church. So, so some of us ain't lift, lifting the finger to do anything in the church. And that's a shame. Because God has been good to all of us. And you ought to be willing to render something back to the Lord. There's so many areas that God can use your service in. There's so many things that you could be stepping up to. And some of us will sign up for something and sign up for a committee and never show up. What is that all about? 
If you're going to commit yourself to something, be there, show up, do what you're supposed to do. Because understand, there's people that are depending upon you. And I'm not, let me really get in trouble. For those that are on live stream, you've been live streaming for a long time. And I'm not mad at you at all. I just miss you. I miss seeing your face in this place. I miss, I miss, I miss hugging you and, and, and talking to you. And your church needs you here. I'm talking to the live stream people right now. Your church needs you here. They need you. We need you present here. That we might be able to unite together in the spirit of God and do his work and do his will. This is what God has called us to do, is to work. But understanding that work is not the principal thing. Because Martha now opens up her mouth like Peter and said, Lord, can't you see what I'm going through? Can't you see my struggles? And here it is, you've got my sister sitting right there at your feet and you won't even tell her to get up and come in the kitchen and help me. And Jesus tells her, and understand that, that when mama would call your name twice, mean you did something wrong. Or wish he used your full government name. You knew you was doing something wrong. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha. He said, you're worried about so much. As a matter of fact, you're, getting, you're, you're, you're working yourself into a frenzy. You're sick about this situation. And this is the first clue that Martha's heart was not right. Because why would you stop what you're doing to address something that you ain't got no business with? He said, listen, you're troubled about a lot of stuff. You're worried about how this is going to get done, how that is going to get done. But your sister Mary has chosen the good part. She's chose to worship over work. And even though work is important, worship is the supreme thing that we should be endeavoring to do. Every last one of us should endeavor to sit at the feet of Jesus. Because our spiritual growth, our spiritual maturity takes precedence over any work that we can do. There, 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 there are some folk that come to church that, 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 that never really step foot into the sanctuary because they're so busy doing other things. You, 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 you got some folk that are on the security staff that never step foot into the, the, the sanctuary. There are some times you need to get in here. You need to be amongst the, 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 the believers and praising and worshiping God. Every security officer needs to have a Sunday that they inside the house of worship. Everyone that works in the nursery should have a Sunday or two that they're inside the house of worship that they might receive what Jesus is saying. 
It's one thing, it's one thing to have somebody tell you about it. There's nothing to experience it for yourself. And you need to be here. I'm talking to the live streaming. You need to be here, right here in the place. That you might be able to receive it. firsthand. I don't know, your live stream could go out. But we need to be here. But understand this, that there are some people that are in the sanctuary that's sitting in these pews. Your heart is not here with us. The scripture said that you worship me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. There, there, there are some that sit here in the pews that are, that are busy about what you're going to do when you get out of here. You're busy about, about that report that's due on Monday or Tuesday. You're busy worrying about children sitting here in the house of God. You're not even sitting at the feet of Jesus, but yet you're in the place. Our minds are busy. We're always thinking and, and, and trying to find a new way to do something. How to deal with a problem or a situation that we're going to confront. That's time that you need to just leave all that mess alone. You need to just divorce yourself from it. Leave it at the door when you come in and just say, I'm just going to spend this time to hear what God thus says the Lord. Because understand this, you will always have problems and situations. Jesus, Jesus said it. He said, he said, don't worry about this life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. He said, because why? Tomorrow going to take care of itself. Don't worry about that. Worry about today. Where are you at today? I know, listen, I know that you have problems. I know you have, all of us have problems and situations. Listen, let, 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 me, let, let me share this with you. Because, like I said last week, uh, you know, it was very difficult for me. I spent 36 hours in the airport. I stood in line for three hours only to find out I was in the wrong line. I'm in a country where no one speaks, well, not no one, but most people don't speak English. So I got, you know, broken English and trying to interpret stuff, this, that, and the other. But I, I was amazed that God wouldn't let me complain not one minute of it. I was like, I was like God, thank you, Jesus. Whatever, whatever happened, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When I begin to look at how some other folk live and how blessed God has been, come on. How much he has blessed me. How can I ever complain about anything? Why? Because this is only for a season. God has been good to us. And we owe it to ourselves to worship him in spirit and in truth. We owe it to ourselves to mature and grow up in Christ. We can take some stuff. He said, he said that Mary has chosen the good part. So that gives me quote that, 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 that we have a choice to make. Either you, either you can choose working and trying to impress Jesus, in which Martha was trying to do, or you can sit in grace and receive the words from the Master. You see, you see. Mary represents the old, I mean, Martha represents the old covenant where they tried to work and win God's approval. 
Mary sits at the feet and receives the grace of God, which is undeserved. We can't, we can't earn it. We don't deserve it. But God gives it to us freely. He said, Mary has chosen the good part. And that's my recommendation to you. Choose the good part. There's always going to be work to be done. But understand that it's your worship that fuels your work. It is your worship that gives you the capacity to be able to do the work in which God has given you. So you need to spend some time in worshiping God. And understand that worship is not relegated just to Sunday morning. Worship is an everyday activity that believers do. We worship God by obedience to him. We worship God when we surrender to the aid of his Holy Spirit. Because he is really the orchestrator of our worship. It's the Holy Spirit. That's what he says, worship in spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who is the conductor of our worship. The Holy Spirit don't show up, there is no worship. But understand that the Holy Spirit resides and lives in every believer. Every one of us have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So every morning you ought to be prompted to get up and do something to glorify God. To live unto the glory of God. Even before you lift a hand to work and do anything, you ought to be praising and thanking God for waking you up in the morning. Number one. Number two, you ought to be thanking him for clothing you in your right mind and giving you the activity of your limbs. That's what you really be able to be thanking God for. We got a whole lot to be thankful and to worship God for. The mere fact that he gave us another chance. The mere fact that he didn't cut us down in our sin and sent us straight to hell. Gave us an opportunity. Gave us the opportunity to get it right. Not only that, but he, he gives us the power. He gives us the dunamis power to be able to do it. And that's why we want to deal with the Holy Spirit in Bible study. Because you need to understand how the Holy Spirit works in your worship and your work. You need to understand that he wants to lead and guide you and direct you in both of them, in worship and in our work. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. He desires to do that great work in your life. But he also desires that you might be able to worship God. That in your working that you're doing to God, it will glorify our Father which is in heaven. That's the main objective right there. They work hand in hand. They are not mutually exclusive one of another. But they go hand in hand. But understand the principal one of them both is our worship to God. Did you not know that we were created to worship God? God, 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 God created us with a worshipful spirit down on the inside of us. That's why you see people that are not saved will still worship something. Why? Because we were created in his image and his likeness. You have the, 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 the need and the desire to worship something. But it's not until you come into a saving knowledge that the object of your worship changes. 
You say, I used to worship money. I used to worship cards and fine things. But now that I'm in Christ Jesus, I worship him and him alone. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. The Bible said that God is a jealous God. And he wants your complete worship. He would have you worshiping no other person, no other thing. God wants you to worship him. Because he is deserving of all of our worship and all of our praise. I glorify him today. I honor him today for what he did for me, what he's doing for me. I'm just grateful for where the Lord has brought me from. A time when I was dead in my trespasses and sin. When I was lost and on my way to hell. And listen, and did not even know that I was going right in hell. And I'm thankful that the Spirit of God convicted my heart and let me know that there's something wrong with me. That I ain't all that I think I am. He let me know that I needed a Savior. I could not save myself. Because of that, I received Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Because he's the one that, 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 that paid the price for my sin debt. He paid the price that I could not pay. He came down through 42 generations. Wrapped himself up in flesh. Lying in a manger. Yes, he was Jesus, God, in the flesh. He went about doing good. Healing the sick and raising the dead. Giving sight to the blind. Unstopping deaf ears. It was Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. The one who came down just to show me how to live and conduct my life. He said that I did not come to be served. But I came to serve and to give my life a ransom. It's Jesus, I tell you. Yes, they marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall. They took him before Pontius Pilate. He told him that this kingdom, my kingdom is not of this world. But I go unto my father. Yes, they crucified Jesus. Nailed him to a cross. Nailed him in his hands. Nailed him in his feet. But on the third day, he rose with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. Yes, he died for our sins. But he got up from the grave with all power in his hand. And so I decided that I'm going to choose the good part. I'm going to choose the grace in which God has given me. Because I realize I cannot work my way into heaven. But it's only by the grace of God. It's only by the grace of God. So yeah, you need a little Martha in you. But you also need some Mary in you as well. You need to sit at the feet of Jesus. And next week we're going to talk about that. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Because you need to understand the benefits of sitting at the feet of Jesus. What does it mean to sit at the feet of Jesus? It means everything in the world. Please stand to your feet. The door to the church is open. Is there one?
Is there one? 